Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to the Text Talk podcast, where we have insightful conversation, <laughs> powerful instruction, and playful banter. Five days a week. Well, at least one of those three. I mean, one out of three ain't bad. One out of three on any given day ain't bad. <laughs> we sure are glad that you've tuned in as we're continuing our study and conversation from Acts chapter 23. Evan, what's our text for today? I will be reading from the English Standard Version again, and I'm reading from Acts chapter 23, this time verse 6 through 11. Now, when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Then a great clamor arose, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party stood up and contended sharply, We find nothing wrong in this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? And when the dissension became violent, the tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Wow. The resurrection. Here the Apostle Paul gets to preach it uh, to the assembly. And we find out that this is a huge barrier to faith, to the gospel message for a significant and influential segment of the Jews, the Sadducee party. All right, so we're, it's, uh, Luke and his inspired history is laying out here that this teaching is a non-starter for some of these people. Because they've already signed up, man. Our creed, our confession is there's no such thing as this resurrection, as this you know spiritual life and what it said, even even uh, spiritual beings. Yours did read just a little bit different than mine, you know. With the but but anyway, yeah. Okay, so verse eight. Does yours actually say no angel or spirit? Nor angel nor spirit. Nor angel nor spirit. Um, What's okay. the New King James say there? Okay, no, it, yeah, no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Um, listen, I I don't know why this has just hit me with a profundity. It really should have before now. Yes, it should have. It really should have, certainly before what, we turn on the microphone. What hit you? It just hit me that you have a high priest that by confession does not believe in portions of of the Old Testament scripture, like the parts that talk about angels. <laughs> well, wow. one of the other things to recognize is that in general, the Jews believe that the law was delivered by angels. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking there's angels all over there. I'm thinking about Daniel and some of the prophecies about getting out of, uh, you know, the, the Babylonian captivity and going back to the land. You got visitors, angels that Jacob sees going up and down a ladder in a vision the patriarchs have dealings with angels like i said it just hit me with the profundity it should have before now well i think that this demonstrates one of the reasons i've heard some folks claim that that what's being said here 
should not be understood just strictly literally. It's just too obvious that there are angels. It's too obvious that this must have some type of spiritualized meaning, maybe that angels don't interact with people or that mm. sort of thing. Again, though, I come down to, you know, I, I'm there are people who claim to be Christians today that don't believe some things that are just straight up said in Scripture, mm-hmm. like the resurrection of Jesus. Okay. You know, there there are folks who claim to be Christians that they will say there were no miracles back then. Yeah, you know, right. look, there's They're no virgin wrong. birth. There's no, there's, you know, there's no resurrection because those things don't happen. And you sit back and wonder, how can someone claim to be a Christian and yet ignore these statements? And they've, yeah. they've taken them, they've... Um, made them a part of the narrative. And it's hard. I want to say they've spiritualized them, but that's not right because the spiritual message is there's a resurrection. I'm not sure what the right word on this is. It's it's really, it's rather than spiritualized it, they've earthified it. Is that a word? Well, you know, I I think perhaps modernized it. Modernized Again, I kind of went along with a modernism, a higher criticism that was popularized in the late 19th century and early the 20th. I digress. I appreciate you making that connection, though, to say, why is that so strange that, uh, you know, people in authority and in Judaism would uh, not believe sections of Scripture? You have the same thing going on in Christendom today. You're absolutely right about that. Absolutely. Paul says that the hope, and really this all ties together because Paul says his hope Mm -hmm. is the resurrection of of the dead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which the Sadducees don't believe. And there's, I think there's a whole lot of people today that don't believe in it, but that's our hope. How, yeah, how, yeah. Explain the hope here. How is this our hope? It is a confident expectation. If Jesus Christ conquered death, if he lives, if he reigns from heaven, then he's coming back. He's going to raise us all up for an eternal life with him, all of his children, all of his people. I mean, it, it is this Hope. It is this confident expectation that gets you up in the morning and prepares you with the knowledge that tomorrow can always be better than today. Today is a gift from God's hand, but do you know what can happen tomorrow? The Lord can return tomorrow, and there is not a greater good for his children. So I'll tell you what, the knowledge that there's a God who hears my prayer, the knowledge that there's a Lord Jesus Christ who gave up everything for me, even his own blood, tells me that there's no good thing he's going to withhold from his people. And when he returns, all the faith shall be sight. The trials, it's all going to be worth it. I'm telling you, it does get you, it gives you a reason to keep on going. And if you take away a person's hope, if you take away, and that is oxygen to the soul. And, and when people start really contemplating, I don't think tomorrow can be better than today. I don't know why I should wake up in the morning. That is the stuff of suicide notes. We got to have hope. So I'm, okay, something just struck me. You you were struck. You're thinking, we're supposed to have these epiphanies before we turn the radio on, the microphones on. I know it. But I, I'm thinking about this idea that Paul says, my hope you know, I, I'm on trial for the hope and the resurrection of the dead. Okay, so okay. before I say anything, let me just ask you this question. When he says for the hope and the resurrection of the dead, is that resurrection of the dead there simply referring to Jesus having been resurrected? Or do you see that as the idea that because Jesus was resurrected, I know there is resurrection for all of us? Okay, so... <laughs> Even as you phrase that, I I feel like it's kind of yes and yes. I will back up and I will say, though, 
in this text, the point is that the Pharisees as a group do believe in this resurrection. And that's what divides the council. That's what gets uh, even a huger uprising. And an interesting point here that it gets some of those in the room to come to a defense for Paul in verse 9. They want to say, we find no evil in the man, uh, but perhaps a spirit or an angel has spoken to him. Um, what is... What is the significance of that? There's actually people in the room at this word of resurrection who are willing to concede, we may have a prophet in our midst. (laughs) And if we have a prophet in our midst, are we going to fight against God? That question has been raised earlier in the book of Acts. We don't want to be the ones fighting against God. When Gamaliel brought that up. Exactly. Yeah, be careful because if you're fighting against these these fellas and it really is from God, you can't win. You cannot win. If it's not from God, God will defeat it. And here's a, I don't know that Gamaliel's still there, but here's a section of the room that's still thinking like that. And they're willing to come to Paul's defense here because of a belief in this afterlife, this general resurrection. Interesting contrast here between Paul and Jesus, because when Jesus was on trial, they the Pharisees and the Sadducees in general were united. Hey, we'll figure out some way to be together on this. There yeah. were some outliers, clearly, Nicodemus, yeah, Joseph of Arimathea. Arimathea right. But but in general, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were together. Here we're starting to notice that, okay, some of that is cracking. Right, right. It's, it's been... 15, 20 years, and so the the strange partnership that they had developed 20 years earlier against Jesus, there's some cracks in that mm-hmm. again, and so mm-hmm. they're, Paul's able to take advantage of that. I do want to get back, though, to this idea of the resurrection of the dead. I think about what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, and as Paul makes the connection between the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection of Christians, mm-hmm. and so when he says... I am on trial for the hope and the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he's highlighting that, guys, this is not, I'm not on trial for putting a, bringing a Gentile into the temple. Yeah, I mean, I know right. that's what's on the docket. I know that's what's on the accusation, but that's not what I'm on trial for. And honestly, guys, I'm not on trial for claiming that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. Mm. I'm on trial for this thing. Because I think he's the Christ and the Messiah because he was raised from the dead. Because of the resurrection. And and, and that's changing how I live and what I'm looking for. And so what is my hope? I think Paul's hope is forward-looking, not backward-looking. Yes. He's not saying, I hope that Jesus was raised from the dead. He's saying that because Jesus was raised from the dead, he has a hope, which is his resurrection. I think you're right about that because it's not hope for Paul, that Jesus is raised from the dead. That's sight. That's sight. He is a witness to it. That's one of the things that qualifies Good him point. as an apostle. So he knows that one. He is a witness to that resurrection. So you're right. The confident expectation is the Lord's return in our resurrection. I think you're right. So here's where that leads me. What is his hope? His hope is not um, the world's going to get better. Mm-hmm. His hope mm-hmm. is not... As Christianity takes over the world, there's going to be less marginalization. There's going to be less oppression in the world. There's going to be more social justice in the world. That's not his hope. His hope is not that everything is going to be better for all the people that have had it bad throughout this world. What is his hope? My hope is there's something other than this waiting for us. I'm looking forward to the resurrection. This is where my hope lies. There is a kingdom that I'm going to be involved in. And there's the, of course, there's the already of the kingdom is here, but there's the not yet of that eternal experience of 
as Jesus had said, there's going to be a day when everybody comes forth and some it's going to be a resurrection of damnation and some it's going to be a resurrection of life. And that's, that's his hope. And we hear it again in 1 John 2, verse 17. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The, the hope is not going to be tied to this world and the lust of it. Having said that, I believe and I tell people that Christianity is first-class living. I, I think that is the way to go about life in serving the Lord. But, but God is delivering us from the world and the gospel is delivering us from this world. We can't tie our hope to it. Can't tie our hope to these things. Well, Peter's going to tell us that we need to be able to give a defense of the hope that is within us mm-hmm. when people ask. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I cannot remember where I read it. You know, again, we've talked this week about having epiphanies at moments when you, when you shouldn't have them. Was it this week or this episode? This episode. We've been talking a while. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I, and I, I remember reading, and I cannot remember now the book that said this, and I just thought, how could I not have thought of this on my own? How did I miss this? But Peter talks about the fact of being able to give a defense of the hope that is within us when they ask. Mm-hmm. And the author had made the comment, that means we're living in a way that is so different that people ask, mm. why are you That's living con- like that? That is convicting. Why are you living like that? And the reason is, is because my hope is different. And I, I have a concern right now, even for my brothers and sisters, that, that there are so many, their hope is being limited to this world. I, I'm even I'm even hearing as people debate what eternity is supposed to be like, that they're that it's that it's moving folks to focus on this world. This world that says my hope is we're going to fix this world. That's not our hope. Our hope is that we're going to be resurrected. Now, whatever God is going to do after that resurrection and whatever that realm is like, whether it's a recreated world, I mean, I that there's a time to debate that. Yeah. But whatever's happening after the resurrection and, and whatever that new heavens and new earth is like, that's that's kind of beside the point. The point is resurrection is the hope. Mm-hmm. There's something that God is going to do in the end rather than we're here to fix everything and that's our hope. No, my hope is this is not everything. Mm-hmm. There's something else coming and I enjoy that in the resurrection, which means I don't have to be tied up in this world. So my hope is not in politics. My hope is not in social justice. Though, yes, as a Christian, I behave with justice. My hope is not simply that tomorrow is going to be better than today. My hope is there is a resurrection coming, and I live with that. And that's Paul's hope here. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that we can have that hope as well. I'm going to let you say your final things well, and wrap us up. I was going to just tell everyone, uh, how is your hope? Can we help you? Can we help you? To have hope, confidence, and strength in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us know. Send us an email. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We'd love to study the Bible with you. Pray with you. In fact, we're going to end this episode with prayer. Evan, why don't you lead us in prayer? God in heaven, we love you. And we are so thankful that you are just and righteous and holy and merciful. You are our merciful benefactor. You are also the supreme ruler and judge of the universe and the world. And we are thankful for the hope that you have given us of resurrection, that you have demonstrated by raising your son from the dead, victorious over that great enemy. And may we fix our hope on the resurrection that is to come, the resurrection that we will experience 
by your grace and by your power. And may our hope be so fixed on that that we behave in such a different manner that folks ask us about it and we can talk about it and draw them into your family. We love you, Father. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. My hope is not in social justice, though, yes, as a Christian, I behave in justice, excuse me, with justice, using the preposition in and justice, that sounded wrong. I behave with justice. Amen. (laughs) With justice. We may have to edit that one. (laughs) This is a tough week. (laughs) I feel like we're coming close to the end of our time.